Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Well, I uh, had originally planned on sharing with you continuation of last week's message as far as God bless the USA. That's my first overhead last week. I talked on... uh, God bless the USA and the election that's coming here in two days. Be so glad to see those commercials end. My word. Uh, I really did want to continue with that this morning. But because of everything that's going on, I'm really changing directions. But do let me say this. If you have not voted yet, please get out and vote. And obviously we have to vote. The conservative vote. Uh, heard this week from certain ones that they want to get Muslims in to office and even begin to teach Islam in our schools. I tell you, that'll be the end of the United States as we know it if that takes place. So please get out and vote. I was so encouraged yesterday, Jackie and I were thinking about. Uh, voting yesterday and we went by the two locations that were available in Grant County and both of them were absolutely packed. People were everywhere and I'm thinking praise God I hope that's a great sign that uh, we're going to have the victory that we need for the church and for our great nation. Praise the Lord. Okay here's what I want to do this morning. I want to just figuratively speaking I'm the shepherd this morning, and I want to gather all of you in. You don't have to change seats. Just stay where you're at. At home, I want you to gather in. We're going to gather the sheep in this morning, and I want to speak into your life, okay? Can I do that this morning? I want you to hear from the shepherd. I want you to be at peace. I want you to have perfect rest in the things of God I want you to know that we are in good hands here at Harmony we're in good hands with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior but this morning I just want to speak to these issues from a biblical perspective and I want to cause us to really have a a great understanding here we have Uh, Our lead pastor, Pastor Josh, and uh, Malachi and Maley have tested positive, even though the kids are running around as if uh, nothing is wrong with them. Uh, Eden has tested fine. Uh, Amber has not gotten her test results back yet. Uh, And then other people here within the congregation that's been in close contact with them have decided to uh, quarantine. That's that's great. I just want to talk about all of this stuff concerning the COVID situation. And let me just say this. People will get COVID. People will get COVID just like people get the flu. And we need to not be fearful. That's the main concern I have, especially those of us within the congregation, within the body of Christ at, uh, right here and the body of Christ at large. We cannot be fearful. Of this thing. If you get it. 
than go home and get well. Does that make sense? Do you know the 99% of people who get COVID have a full recovery with no side effects? The majority who die have died with COVID, not from COVID. Do you hear me? I confirmed all this with our nurse this uh, a couple of days ago, actually. And this is true. Yes, there's COVID out there, we, and we need to, to take it seriously. I understand that. But the worst case scenario, a lot of people want to think about and bring up to us the worst case scenario. What if you get it and what if I die? Well, let me say this. I am not clinging on to this world. I am not, I, I, I am, as the word says, I am a pilgrim in this world and I'm passing through. Now, I don't want to get any kind of disease and die from it. But if I get COVID, this worst case scenario, if I get COVID and I die, the option isn't that bad. Whenever you love Jesus Christ and you're looking forward to him anyway, the option is pretty good. So that's just another reason why we as believers should not fear. I think sometimes it is an indicator of where your heart is and where your treasure is. Whenever we have that kind of thinking, rather than thinking, I'm in your hands, Lord, whatever takes place, I am just looking forward to being with you someday, regardless of how it happens. I'm just not going to walk in fear because living in fear is worse than the virus. It's worse than the disease. It's worse than the circumstances. Living in fear is no way to live. And as for me and my house, we're not going to fear. Hallelujah. Now, I know I had a couple of people who were concerned that we weren't closing the church. Let me speak to that. No, we're not closing the church. With everything that's going on, it's even more reason to not close the church, in my estimation. Closing the church, to me, would be like telling hospitals to close whenever they get a case of the COVID. Do you hear me? We don't close hospitals when they get COVID. Why? Because they are there to administer healing. Thank God I look around and I see those of you who are in the medical field. Thank you for serving. Don't they do a marvelous job? Let's just thank them right now. I'm so thankful for our medical field. And they administer healing to our physical being, but also to our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotion. The church is here to administer healing. The church is here to administer healing in the physical, in the soul, and in the spirit. Why would we want to retreat? Why would we want to shut down whenever we're needed even more? We are essential. I don't care what politician tells you we're not. We are the most essential. And we must 
stand. Hallelujah. Do you realize that when the church was shut down during the spring and the summer, alcohol sales increased 70%. Marijuana sales increased 50%. Domestic violence increased drastically. Child abuse increased drastically. Depression increased drastically. We're here to battle against those things. And where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. That's why the devil wants to divide us. Because he knows that where we gather together, there's power. The word says that a thousand, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. That's why he wants to divide and conquer. Because there's power when we come together. Hallelujah. So yes... We as the church, we care deeply. Because some people would say, well, you don't care. You know, you're gathering together. You're not paying any attention. We're paying attention. But we care deeply. We love deeply. That's why we will continue to gather. I believe we here at Harmony, we have Harmony Christian Church. We have Harmony House. I think it might be a good idea to put up a sign that also says Harmony Hospital. Hallelujah. Why is all that? Because we're a city that's set on a hill. We're not going to let our light be put out or hidden by the world. Praise the Lord. You know, I would really like to see people fear God as much as they fear COVID. I'd like to see people talk about the goodness of our loving Father as much as they talk about the badness of COVID. Badness is a word this morning. We need to believe in the unseen God more than we believe in the unseen virus. And I'm looking for God in the burning bush rather than the COVID that's behind every bush, according to some people. Now listen. I understand that it's real. It is. It's real. And we need to take it seriously. I have my mask. I'm not totally belligerent. <clears throat> but let me tell you something, folks. As believers, we've got to believe in our God more than we believe in a mask. If you want to wear your mask, that's fine. I understand. That's perfectly fine wear your mask if you don't want to wear your mask that's perfectly fine whichever way you go you have to do it in faith if you wear a mask you better be wearing it in faith if you're not wearing a mask you better be doing it in faith the whole point of what i'm trying to get at is as we go through covid we serve the most high god and i am not afraid of the pestilence that is out there because Psalm 91 says that it shall not come near you. Let's just believe that God's going to take care of us. Now, a concern that I've had for the last two, maybe three weeks, at least the last two weeks, is this word anxiety. Give me Philippians 4, 6. I want us to take a look at this. I've been looking, I've been thinking about this, about being anxious. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, 
How many things are we supposed to be anxious for? None. Be anxious for nothing. You see, when, when we're anxious, then we're not trusting. When we're anxious, we're not in faith. When we're anxious, we are skittish and we're questioning what's going to take place and what's going to happen. You cannot rest when you're anxious. That was Jim's Sunday school class this morning is being in the rest of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. And as I've been pondering all this and thinking about this, last week I had been over to uh, Kokomo, and I'd gone into Sam's, and I was checking about some tires, and I, had, I knew I was going to be sitting there for a little while, so I had my iPad with me. And I got back home and I realized that I left my iPad in the seat of the cart. I tell you, all of a sudden, man, just nervousness started rising. Oh, no, I've lost my iPad. Somebody's going to get it. You know, your mind starts taking it. I get on the phone. I call them. No, we haven't seen anything of it. And I said, I'm coming over. Boy, I hop in the truck and I'm taking off. And the Lord says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. This is minor, isn't it, about an iPad compared to COVID or cancer or any of the other things that's going on in the world. An iPad is pretty minor, but I was anxious because is my iPad, am I going to get it back? So as I was going down the road, the Lord said, be anxious for nothing. So I said, oh, Lord. Forgive me. I'm, I was anxious over that. Forgive me. I, I am not going to be anxious. Do you know it's a battle, isn't it? It's a battle not to be anxious. But that's what we are to do. We're to battle against the wiles of the devil. Because he wants to tie us up in knots. And I said, Lord, I just give it to you. I release this whole situation to you. I should have hid my iPad because you know what the outcome is. I get over there and I talk to the gal who I talked to on the phone. She said, no, it's nowhere around. I said, can we go back to, to the tire center? That's where I was at. Well, I guess, but I know it's not back there. And I, so I said, let's go back there. And I said, I left it in the top of this cart. We go back there and she says, see right here, it's not here. And I said, no, I, I was clear back there in the back where the, the guys were at. She said, you're not supposed to be back here. I said, I know, but I... I, I, <laughs> I was back there. I got it. I... <laughs> I have a good relationship with those guys over there. I really do. Uh, I've prayed. I've, Larry, I've prayed for him. I've, I, I, I know his kids' names. Uh, I've shared Jesus Christ with him. I said, can we go back there in amongst the, where the tires are at, where the guys work on the stuff? She said, it's, it's not back there. I'm telling you. I said, can we go back there? So we step inside the door and clear back. It couldn't have been back any further in that store of what of where this cart was setting. I said, there's a cart sitting back there. So she walks back there and she says, well, imagine that. Here's your iPad. God had tucked that thing away for me. Be anxious for nothing. Now that's a small, simple example, but that's the way God will work if we'll begin to operate 
in his principles. Hallelujah. Be anxious for nothing. We're going to take a look at a story here for a long time this morning in Luke chapter 8. And I think there's a couple of principles here I want us to see. And the, these principles will make a difference in the way that we all should be handling situations. This is a pretty serious situation. In fact, it really doesn't get any more serious in this situation. We're going to take a look at Luke 8, and we're going to start out at chat, uh, verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him. You need to just sit down this afternoon and read what all Jesus had done here whenever it says Jesus returned. He had been up to a lot of stuff. He had delivered uh, a young man from demons, cast him into the to the swine, remember that? They ran off the cliff and they had demon bacon and nobody wanted that. So they kicked Jesus out, out of the city. All, all kinds of stuff took place. So when Jesus returned, the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age. And she was dying. Now in Mark chapter 5 verse 23 it adds this. It adds. I believe it was there at the bottom of that. It adds this. It says come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And she will live. That's what the, the ruler of the synagogue said he came to Jesus and he said if you'll just come to my house if you'll lay your hands on her she will be healed and she will live now let's think here for a minute a ruler of the synagogue do you remember who crucified Jesus it was all of us common folks but they were they were incited they were led by the rulers of the synagogue. Amen? Now here's my point. Here's a ruler of the synagogue who comes in with total faith. He says, Jesus, if you'll just come to my place, if you'll lay your hands on my daughter, she will live. Somehow this one particular ruler of the synagogue broke out from the group that eventually came to crucify Jesus. Somehow he came out of all their negativity. He came out of all of their religious formation. And he got into the word of faith. And he understood who Jesus Christ was. Now my point is this. You probably have a group that is feeding negativity into you. I don't know whether it's your farm group or whether it's your morning breakfast group, whether it's a coffee group or a card club. I don't know what it is, but you probably have a group that's speaking fear and doubt and unbelief into you. And I'm telling you, you need to get out of that and become a gyrus. One who understands who God is, whom Jesus Christ is, and whom and what he will do. Hallelujah. That's a real good point. 
But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. There's other, what that really means is, is they were pressing in so intensely upon him that they were about to crush them. They were about to throng him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now, we have two things going on here, correct? We have a guy who's come to Jesus and he has said, Jesus, if you'll come to my house and heal, lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed. Don't you suppose that whenever the crowd began to press in, he's getting a little uptight? Because he's wanting Jesus to get to his daughter as quickly as possible. Amen? A little more serious than getting to an iPad as quickly as possible. So here's what I'm saying. In the midst of life taking place, we have to learn to live life as it comes. We have to learn to relax and understand that there are other people who are in situations as well. Yes, he's in a tremendously serious situation. But why is he being thronged? Why is he being pressed in on? Because all of those people had issues as well. So whenever I'm in my situation and someone else is in their situation, can I have empathy and sympathy and respect and concern for your situation along with my situation? Because too many times what happens is we, come, we become so tunnel vision that all we see is our situation and we don't care about anybody else's situation. And I think that that is a hindrance to us receiving what we need to receive for our situation. Does that make sense? Nod your head if you're awake this morning. See, what we have to do is we have to rejoice with those who rejoice and realize, hey, you've got stuff going on in your life. I've got stuff going on in my life. Can I enjoy the goodness of God upon your life while I am searching and seeking after God for the stuff in my life? Because not only is the crowd pressing in, but now another woman has come along with her issues. Jesus, I don't want you to take time for this crowd. I don't want you to take time for this other woman. I want you to get to my situation. But how about if we begin to recognize that whenever Jesus meets the needs of other people, that's a pretty good indication that he's going to meet the needs of my situation because he's no respecter of persons. Amen? He is no respecter of persons. So if he's going to meet your need, that means that he will also meet my need. So how about if we just relax, we be anxious for nothing, we allow Jesus to do whatever he's going to do in your life so that that will also facilitate him 
answering my life, my situation. Hallelujah. I think it's interesting also. Here we have a man whose daughter is 12 years old. He's enjoyed 12 years up until this situation is going on now. He's enjoyed 12 wonderful years with his daughter. He's had a good time with her. Now all of a sudden something has happened to her and she's on her deathbed. But he's had 12 good years with this daughter. During that same 12-year period, here's a woman who for 12 years has had an issue of blood. She's been to every doctor she knows. They've taken all of her money and they've helped her. Not only have they not helped her, they've made her worse. So during the same period of time, this guy's over here having a good time with his 12-year-old daughter for that same period of 12 years. There's someone else over here who has suffered the entire time. Can the one have compassion for the other? Many times we don't. Many times we're blinded. Many times we're tunnel vision. All I can see is my situation. All I can see is my problem. All I can see is me. I always say this. I say we get so tunnel vision that we have our own trinity. Me, myself, and I. And that's what takes place. So let's get beyond that and realize that God's bigger. He can handle your situation and he can handle my situation. But let's just relax. Let's have no anxiety. Let's God, let God take whatever time he wants to and do whatever he wants to in your life. And he'll do whatever he wants to in the timing of my life. Hallelujah. <clears throat> let's start out about verse uh, forty. Three, now, now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. I think it's interesting too to note the contrast between, the, between Jairus who was part of the temple and a woman who was banned from the temple. Here we have a guy who worked day in and day out at the temple. People would come in and he would pronounce them clean or unclean. You understand, she was unclean. She was not able to go to the temple for 12 years. And many times whenever we get out of the flow of being able to go to the temple, we get out of the flow of the things of God. But here's a woman who somehow stayed in connection with God because another portion of scripture says that she felt like if she just touched the hem of his garment she would be healed where did she get that faith she was hearing the word of god someplace because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god verse 45 and jesus said who touched me when all denied it peter and those with him said master the multitude strong and press you and you say, who touched me? Do you see what Peter's saying? How do you expect us to know? I mean, a lot of people touched you. But Jesus wasn't just saying, who come in and touched me physically? He's saying, who touched my power? Who grabbed hold of the essence of who I am? Power and deliverance. There's a difference. And many times we're just wanting to... Be around God 
instead of really getting into God. It's not enough just to be going on the coattails of someone else. We need to be people who are into this thing. And I want to be a person who goes into my prayer closet, and whenever I come out, I know that I've touched him. Not just wondering. There's a big difference here in who touched me. When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, people are pressing in against you and you say who touched me but Jesus said somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me now when the woman saw that she had not hidden she came trembling and falling down before him she declared to him in the presence of all of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said to her Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This word daughter is extremely important. Because who had this woman been identified as before? The woman with the issue of blood. Now let's just put that into today's setting. She goes to the grocery store and she needs help finding something and she goes to the manager and the manager goes to one of his employees and says go over and help that woman with the issue of blood she stops in anywhere and how is she identified she's identified as the woman with the issue of blood that's how she was differentiated from another woman but whenever Jesus speaks into her life, whenever power was imparted to her, suddenly her identity changed. Her identity is no longer the woman with the issue of blood. Her identity now is daughter. You are mine. You are a child of the king. You are a daughter of the most high. And I say to you, your faith has made you well. Take on your new identity. No longer say that I have this and I am this I'm a failure I'll never amount to anything quit identifying yourself with what the devil's wanting to tell you and begin to identify yourself as a son or a daughter of the most high God hallelujah new identity verse 49 while he was still speaking someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him your daughter is dead do not trouble the teacher. Now, I don't know exactly how I want to get this across to you, but I want you to, to, to think of it some way, some way like this. I think all of us have people in our surroundings, within our reach, within our uh, sphere of influence, who are people who are, uh, what's the word? Uh, they bear bad news. You have any people like that? It seems like, man, they, they just want, they, they just thrive on telling you the bad stuff. Now, see, we know that these people were from Jairus' home because they came to him telling him, hey, there's no, there's no need to bother. They knew that he was going to Jesus. 
It had to be people that were in his sphere of living day in and day out. And there are those people who's going to come and not be operating in faith. Wouldn't it have been great if these people were, had come and said, man, you really need to be believing in God now. And it, this thing is going to turn out good. I can't hardly wait to see how this thing is going to turn out. Not be a bearer of bad news, but be a bearer of faith is what I'm trying to get across. And that's the kind of person that I think all of us need to be sure that we are. We are bearers of good news, even in the midst of bad situations. Because God is good. Hallelujah. Yes, there's COVID around. But praise God for healing. Yes, there's sickness and disease around. But praise God for healing. Yes, there are tough situations out here. But thank God that he sets us free. And to whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Bless God that everything right here in the physical today is not everything. There is an eternity for us to live. And it's going to be glorious. Hallelujah. It's not the whole story. The bad stuff. Praise God for the good stuff. Okay, let me read that again. 49, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, I love this. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Hey, in your everyday walk with COVID going around, don't be afraid. With everything that's taking place in the world, with the political situation right now, don't be afraid and don't be anxious. Hallelujah. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Why did he do that? Why did he not allow anyone to come in? Because in another text, it tells that they were wailing and crying over the girl. He wasn't going to allow fear and doubt and unbelief to go in with him. We need to do the same thing. So when he came into the house, he took them in. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. I'll tell you what, it's not a good thing to ridicule Jesus Christ. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. Isn't that a powerful story? Now, here's the thing. We can't just read this and say, boy, I'm sure happy for him. I'm glad that that happened for him. We have to begin to know that God will do those things in us. He will do those things for us. Well, it didn't work out that way for me. Don't give up. Don't give up. Trust in the Lord. Stay in there. Stay at it. 
Stay in faith. I don't know why all things don't work out. But I do know it's a good option to stick with it. It's a good option to stay after it. It's a good option to stay in the fellowship and stay in faith. Feed yourself with the word. Continually put this thing in. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. What you put in is what's going to come out. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Put the word of God in constantly. And this whole COVID thing. Man, we've just, we have to listen to what the Bible has to say about it. And what the Spirit is saying to us. More than what CNN is saying to us. Too many people are watching way too much TV and your faith is built way up there in fear. You have a lot of faith in fear. Let's not be that way, folks. God wants to shine through this time. He wants to take us through victoriously. He wants his church to be an example of how to operate in this. And if we, if we get it, then let's believe for healing. Let's support one another. Let's want to love one another. Exactly what we're doing with Pastor Josh and Amber and the family. We're believing and knowing that God's going to heal and restore. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you're going to take your church through and we will be a church white as snow without spot or wrinkle. That we will rise up and be a proper representation for you and of you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.